0: You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity podcast, season three, episode 13, the 63rd episode of the Meet Mediocrity podcast. And my guest today is Emily Oliver of Gold's Garden. And Emily tells us a little bit of a story about how she left an unfulfilling corporate job to fulfill her dream of making people happier. And while a lot of people questioned her decision, she didn't question her decision and she still doesn't question her decision and she is off and running with her coaching and happiness related business. So, ready to hear more? Let's get started. Hello, it's your host, Mediocre Mitch, and welcome to the Meat Mediocrity podcast, season three, episode 13. Before I get into my conversation with Emily Oliver, let me remind you of some cool things that we've put out on the Meat Mediocrity YouTube channel, or the vlog, as I call it, which you can find on YouTube, or you can find on MeatMediocrity.com. But I've got quite a few videos now. I've been putting out one per week. Um, Believe it or not, I'm up to hundreds of views of my videos. Not thousands, but hundreds, and that's a great start. I think we have about 10 videos out there. And my recent ones about um, stargazing and astronomy and how that ties into how you feel about yourself and your life. Um, And the one I did this week around... um, how to look at relationships from a happiness perspective, stay and be happy or leave and be happy. Um, I did it in the context of work relationships, but it really could apply to almost any relationship. So check out the vlog on YouTube, on meetmediocrity.com. Go into videos, go into Meet Mediocrity, check it out. It's five-minute videos, really quick and easy to digest, and I've been getting a ton of positive feedback. Okay. So now over to Emily Oliver, Goals Garden Certified Happiness Coach. Who knew there was a Certified Happiness Coach? And there are five steps towards positive happiness, things that you can do to help you help yourself. Well, Emily is conversant in all of that stuff. And she left a very unfulfilling corporate job. A lot of people told her she was crazy. And she said, I'm not crazy. I'm seeking happiness. She became a happiness coach. And a little over a year ago, she started her business where she's coaching people kind of on a holistic basis on how to be happier. And um, she came up with the name Goals Garden. You'll hear about it in the conversation. Calling the mind, our minds, a garden that if we can plant seeds, Nurture those seeds, grow those seeds, and deal with environmental factors as they as they impact our garden. Our our garden, you can see the analogy between our minds and our mindset and an actual garden. And Gold's garden is her name, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, So, I think we probably want to go straight to Emily. So, without further delay. Here's my conversation with the certified happiness coach of her own company, Goals Garden, Emily Oliver. So Emily, thank you for being with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mitch.
0: Um, So this is actually you know, my, my listeners hear me say this all the time. I'm going to say it again. This is super exciting for me. You know, when you follow people on social media, and then you check out their websites, and you, you almost feel like you get to know them. And then you start speaking to them in person. You're like, they're better in person than they are on the computer or on your phone. So you're one of those people. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for those kind words. You're already giving me compliments.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm buttering you up so we can have a good conversation. So, Emily, um, your company is called Goals Garden. Um, I'd like you to start by telling us a little bit about what it is and what you do, and then we'll go back into the background of how you got there. But let's start with today. So tell me a little bit about Goals Garden.
1: Sure, sure. So. I'm the founder of Goals Garden and I'm a certified happiness and goals coach. So happiness is now a key performance indicator being measured in the workplace, you know, because happy people perform better, they live longer lives, they have better immune systems, take less sick days, make more money, you know. So there's all of this buzz about happiness now, it's not necessarily being Looked down on as it once was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I have made it my mission to spread the life changing science of happiness as I believe it's a basic human right. Um, so, typically, I empower young women with solution oriented methods to enhance their well being, relieve symptoms of depression, anxiety, ADD. Um, and then I also do workshops for companies that value employee wellness um, because. Now more than ever, you know, we see that we need it to be our best selves and produce at the highest level. So that's a little two, bit about two quick things. Started.
0: Two quick things that you mentioned there, Emily, that I want to build on first, a certified happiness and goals coach. How do you become certified in that? I, I, I'm very interested in that.
1: Sure. So you know, because the coaching industry is unregulated. At first, I didn't get a certification. Um, I worked with this company called Happiness for Humankind, who, um, you know, their mission is very similar to mine, making happiness accessible to all. You know, we view happiness as a bullseye rather than a byproduct of all the work that you do. So, you know, studying with them, getting trained to give happiness makeovers and all the programs. With that, I realized that if people were going to take me seriously as a happiness coach and being younger than a lot of people who look up for life experience, (laughs) I decided I needed to get certified too. And to be honest, um, it was presented to me online. I think I was on like Instagram or something. And I felt like Normally you ignore that kind of stuff, like, Oh, become a certified, whatever. But it was so specific to what I do that I had to check it out and I checked it out and the material and the time it took, it was so extensive that I literally, you know, got certified with the transformation Academy because that's also, you know, transformation is my specialty. So it
0: wasn't, it wasn't a fly by night certification. It was, you know, it's funny because that you said, you know, I'm in a similar situation. So I have done executive coaching at work and, um, I can do it at work and I feel like I'm, I'm good at it, but I felt like I needed a certification to give myself the credential and the, you know, the kind of acknowledgement that I actually know what I'm doing, even though I felt like I knew what I was doing. So I went through the um, ICF, International Coaches Federation training. And I went in, I feel like I went in like you saying, I need a certification to be taken seriously. And I actually learned a lot of stuff. So I assume you learned a lot of stuff as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and I also went into it because I just love learning. I think that's, our superpower as coaches. We just love learning. We love learning about our clients, other people, new techniques to help people. And so it's a win-win, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to say, yes, I'm certified, even though you don't need to be. Um, And then to also learn and get more tools for your toolbox.
0: Fantastic. So the other thing you mentioned is you said something about, um, Employers taking happiness much more seriously. Yeah. Um, I don't know that people maybe I don't know if they looked down on it, but they certainly didn't even like focus on it. Like like happiness was not relevant. They they looked at like you know productivity or you know quality or things of that nature, which are but also important. Um, but happiness makes productivity and quality like enhanced, right? So. Tell me a little bit about your conversations with employers or or employees and, you know, how their mindsets have changed around happiness in the workforce.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's catching up, you know, um, the healthcare industry spends so much money on healthcare for its employees Mm -hmm. and if they're able to do wellness in the workplace events things like that that kind of give employees an opportunity to work on their mental health um, have tips and tools to manage their stress things like that in the long run you save money because all that money you may be spending on antidepressants doctors visits all these things might you might actually be able to prevent that by having these workplace wellness events and you know now all of the science is coming out from the World Happiness Organization, that happiness is now a KPI. It's a key performance indicator. And, you know, instead of measuring GDP, we're measuring gross domestic happiness. And, you know, so it's really becoming a buzzword and people never want to be last to the party, right? Right. So those companies that are like, oh, well, we're no Google or Facebook, but we want to, you know show our employees that we care about them. So we're going to, you know, host this event where they can come and we can talk about ways to de-stress, talk about, you know, how they can manage their minds and be more resilient and accept things, you know, all of that. And I've
0: seen employers provide tools like, um, you know, uh, free, free, um, meditation apps Mm -hmm. um when when people were going to the office more regularly than they are today they would give um chair massages or yoga classes so um and by the way i've been around longer than you and i can say that um that's a relatively new phenomenon and i think it's directly tied to this happiness kind of quotient that you're describing
1: right well and i used to work in the corporate world and I'm gathering up the courage to revisit this company and say, "Hey, this is my new shtick." Like, mm-hmm. do you, do you want to do a wellness event? Because they were one of the people that you know would come a little bit later to the party in terms of those things. So I know it would be a fun experience. To I, say,
0: have a hey, feeling, I, have I have a feeling. I left good term. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so how would you approach it? Um, During a pandemic where people might not be in the office, but they, they, there may be fewer people and they may be on different schedules and whatnot. So are there ways to do these happiness or wellness events that aren't in person?
1: Yeah. So the last one I did was over zoom. Um, actually it was Microsoft teams. So yeah, you can do zoom you could do from teams because that's how people are working anyway. And, It can be virtual lunch and learns, you know, things like that. So, you know, they they have their event um, once a month. The company I did it for helps um, other companies track their environmental impact. So it was a nonprofit. You know, it was a great company. And I just was so happy that they considered doing this, you know, for their monthly event that they invite their employees to to. Yeah,
0: you know what? If they're a company that cares about environmental impact, they're a company that cares about their employees. You know, it's so interesting how you mentioned mentioned the two together um, because I feel like this whole concept of doing better by society, doing better by the planet, environmental, and doing better by people – I feel like it's almost like raised its game during the pandemic. I almost feel like despite all of the economic uncertainty and political uncertainty and racial inequality, despite all of these really stress factors in our society, I think those stress factors has, has actually caused people and employers to focus on the human being and the world we live in even more. So it's like fighting back against all of these stressors.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think the major shift that happened this year is people realize that they have very little control over anything except themselves. The, you know, We all do it. We all try and control our external environment. Like If my partner acts this way, I'll be happy. If my job does this, I'll be happy. If I feel, you know, and it's easy to kind of calculate for that sometimes. But then if anything happens in your day-to-day life that creates, you know, that disrupts it. You're a mess. So now this whole year has disrupted everything externally. We can't, we don't know what's happening at any given moment. So we really had to focus on our wellness and ourselves. And companies are realizing that too.
0: What an obvious yet exceptional observation. Because so many people, I mean, look, I'm a bit, I'm a self declared A type personality. I like to control things. And you're right. Like we have learned that there, we have very little control over anything except ourselves. And frankly, it is that mind and body stuff, our own minds and our own bodies are the only things that we can really have control over. And there you go. That's the, that's the reason I think that so, this has been such a big focus on this. So tell me Emily, you had a journey to get to this point. So I'd like to understand, you know, people don't people aren't born happiness coaches. <laughs> right. Right. Um but you seem like a happy person. Um tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you be how did you arrive at this point and what was the journey that took you there?
1: Thank you. Yeah, so it was not born happy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And- Actually, you probably were born happy, but then human beings got in the way.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's a whole nother podcast. Understood. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, and it's, it's true. Like, you know, if you are struggling with addiction, you don't go to somebody who's never touched alcohol or, you know, like right. to help you to understand you. So, you know, it, it, my story does lead up to how I kind of got here and, um, I guess I'll start with college, like high school age. I had experienced a lot of adversity at a really young age. Mm -hmm. Um, I experienced a lot of loss of loved ones um, to drug addiction, things like that. Um, Growing up in North Jersey, there's, you know, that's a pandemic in itself, right? Sure. So, um, and family members are recovering addicts, the whole bit. Uh, so when I got to college, I was I was lost. You know, I didn't really know how to manage my emotions, how to manage my mind. You know, when when we ignore our emotions and we have these unhealthy coping mechanisms, the emotions come up and then we like push them back down, and then they're like, well. She must not have heard me, so I'll come back stronger. Stronger.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so they don't teach you that in school. And then I took a positive psychology class in college, which, you know, is the science of focusing on what's right with people rather than diagnosing what's wrong with people. And I was fascinated. I was like, oh, you mean that I can apply positive psychology to my life and do these simple happiness? Tools and I'll actually feel better and can cope in a healthy way. (laughs) And I took every so shocking, so shocking. I took every class this professor offered. He probably thought I was like a stalker. stalker. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I was like mindfulness, self and reality. Sign me up. Herbal psychopharmacology. Sign me up. You know. Um, (laughs) So. That it immediately changed my life. I loved it. It was the first time I kind of felt good in my own skin. That's amazing. I was good at figuring out what made me happy externally. If I go to this concert, if I see this person, if I travel here, you know, I was great at the external happiness. But if you canceled my plans for the day and I had to sit there with myself, I would not know what to do with myself. I
0: can totally relate to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like take a bath. And then a half hour later, I'm like, now, now what?
0: what? <laughs> now but this is amazing, Emily, because I feel like I was very much the same way. And I, I started a bit of a journey about a year ago and said, to, and said to myself, like, if I have a job that I like and a family that I love, and I can do things that I like to do, why don't I feel even more fulfilled than I do? And it was that bit, Emily, the bit of being with yourself and actually really enjoying it. Like, I didn't hate it. I just kind of was kind of like ambivalent towards it. But you
1: tolerated
0: it. I tolerated it. it. Yeah.
1: Life shouldn't be tolerable, you know? And that's why people drink and do unhealthy, th- you know, because it yep. makes things that are meh more tolerable. That's- right. We don't, yeah.
0: <laughs> so college opened your mind towards this kind of inner happiness thing. Yes. So then, but what did you do with that?
1: Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's it's a shame because our whole lives were kind of shuffled towards the expectation that society, the media, our culture, the way we were raised, puts us on this path. You go to high school, you go to college, if you're fortunate you know, and now it's changing a little bit. However.
0: Yeah. But that's generally the expectation. Not that, not that college is for everyone, not that everyone needs to go, but it's kind of the general expectation. So I'm with you.
1: Right. So then after college, I was like, so what's the expectation here? You know? Oh, I have to know this now. Like, okay. So I ended up going the corporate route because I was like, well, Society tells me I should get a job that makes money, has healthcare benefits. I don't know what the heck, a IR, a retirement fund, <laughs> you know, but right. I guess I should get one of those right. too. Because
0: everyone says you should, right?
1: Yes. Yep. Because that's super important to a 21-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I'll put into the SEP IR. No. <laughs> um so I ended up uh, joining a company and becoming an Amazon account manager. It okay. was a consumer products organization mm-hmm. um, for healthcare products and over-the-counter drugs and things like that. Uh-huh. And you know, I was there for five years, and I, I did well. You know, I climbed the ladder, so to speak. Um, we stayed at the Ritz-Carlton multiple times a right. year for our planning meetings.. Yep. And, Um, I, but I was working on Amazon, you know, a company that doesn't value people because they're not, you know, they're an inconstant, like Jeff Bezos is like, they're not reliable. I wish they were widgets that I could control. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, after five years, I kind of had what you had and I was like, I'm a little unfulfilled. I need something more. Like, even though you enjoy and are good at what you do you're like okay what's the part that fulfills me and how do i capitalize right. on that?
0: exactly yeah so so you were you had a a an inflection point you were sitting there working in a corporate job and you started saying i want more so tell me about kind of like how that inflection point changed shifted your direction
1: yeah. So that was my quarter life crisis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. You're not midlife yet. Okay. keep right, right, that That's okay. We're allowed to have multiple crises as long as they keep steering us in a good direction ultimately. So, okay. Your quarter life yeah. crisis.
1: Get the crisis out of the way early. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, and so I was taking these career tests and they're like, the last thing you should be doing is what you're doing. <laughs> you know, but- what you're great at is, and I really didn't know myself, but I knew that I loved positive psychology. Like when I flipped back, I was like, what's the thing that I felt really drawn to? What, what's my calling? And, it, and I just came back to, I want to help people realize that they can be happier just by applying the science of happiness because, yeah. you know, it's, so You know, it was, it was hard because I lived in Philadelphia. I had a boyfriend. I had a company that paid me 80 K a year when I was 25, 26 years old. Like everybody was like, you are making a very irresponsible decision. Right.
0: Cause you were on the, the, the right track from a standard, you know, kind of like view of, of young adults, but it wasn't doing it for you.
1: Yeah. So it, I got a little bit of pushback when I said I'm going to quit my corporate job and become a happiness coach. People were like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> do you, you know, I'm like, "No, I'm not okay. I need to pursue. You know, I owe it to myself and the world to do the damn thing because you know I'm I come from privilege. I, like, there's no excuse. You know, Understood. you just do it. And if you fail, good. Then at least you've done. Some, you know, perfectionists. hate failure you know we we don't want to fail but failure is a word created by humans and it's not even like a real thing you know it's
0: well it's it's not a real thing and you know what if you do if you do believe in failure i believe in this saying the most the people who are the most successful are the ones who fail the most because they keep trying stuff and they keep going Right. That's, that's how I came up with the title "Meet mediocrity. You're mediocre, but you don't give up. You just keep going. And that's so, so you did that good for you.
1: Like, honestly,
0: I can't stay, I admire people who do something that they love and that makes them feel good inside. And, you know, as long as you can figure out a way to kind of pay the bills and live your life, then it should be up to you, not up to society, what you do. Right. So right. you started this company how long ago?
1: So I started this company in March of 2020. So the so start, start of the been, pandemic. Yeah. So I was in school for a couple of years. I quit my corporate job when I was 26. And then for a couple of years, I studied. Uh, okay. And because I was able to save up some money and- yep. Go for it. So, yeah, I started in the pandemic and thought, okay, all challenges are just opportunities for growth, you know?
0: So, before you go into um, the start of your company, um, it's called Goals Garden, which I've read about what you mean by that. But can you tell us how you came up with the name? Because it's an awesome name.
1: Thank you. So, I love gardening. I love growth. And, you know, there are so many analogies to, you know, your are your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You could plant flowers or you could plant weeds, you know, and I just love that concept of sometimes your, your garden's crazy, you know, right. and you got to weed out all the riffraff. Sometimes you need help weeding it. Sometimes something beautiful pops up. Sometimes a plant dies and you pick it out and you plant a new plant. You know, there's just, I just love when people kind of do the garden groundwork of okay, let's clean up this garden, let's plant what we want, let's nurture it, let's watch it grow, But again, you don't have complete control over your garden, no. so you have no, to control. you're constantly
0: you're constantly taking care of it, like like your mind. Exactly. I got it, I love it so <laughs> um so Emily, let's just say someone were to come to you today and say i feel like i'm doing all the right things but i don't feel as as happy as i feel i should be i don't feel as fulfilled i don't feel as much joy in my heart as i'd like to feel how would you go about helping that person tell me a little bit about like what the first you know few months of our relationship would look like
1: yeah so usually well and I'll tell you a story. So I, my first ever client is, you know, my longest client. She's actually I just moved to Florida last month and she's flying to Florida this weekend to celebrate our one year anniversary of working together. And, you know, we did the whole, you know, 2020 is hindsight. What did you learn? And she's like, you know, if I can change my thoughts, I can change anything um, like the growth and what she learned working with me was just so impressed. Cause she was like, I was that person who thought, who knew best, you know, I knew exactly what I was doing. There was no, if I, if you could change me, I you know, and I'm like, well, the change has to come from within. Right. I just kind of hold up a mirror and show you options and paths and, uh, you know, my superpower is my authenticity. So I'm not that woo woo happiness coach right. that people can't get real with. I'm from New Jersey. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. New Jersey's <laughs> real. I'm, Jersey. I'm Long Island. That's almost as real as New Jersey, for goodness sake.
1: <laughs> right. So, working with me, we just do a low key discovery session over Zoom. You get to know my vibe. You get to see if our energies, you know, collaborate. And then, We talk about what your needs are. We talk about, and I do, I personalize the coaching. You know, I have all of these different tools, all these different exercises. Do you want to be more authentic? Do you want to deal with stress? Are you depressed? You know, all of these different things I can do a personalized plan for. But I also give the happiness makeover, which was created by a company called Happiness for Humankind. And it actually is a holistic method where I do Reiki healing as uh-huh. well. So energy healing. So I, I attune other people to heal themselves with Reiki because there's always that empowerment part. Um, and then I take them through the five steps of sustainable happiness, which is empowerment, positive mood, resilience, contentment, and bliss. So, you know, it's kind of like, we do grad school on yourself. (laughs) Like, what are your values? What are the things you believe in? Are all these beliefs still relevant? Do you want to revisit them? Things like that.
0: So I love that. And so as part of what you bring to the table, you do bring Reiki as well. So you've trained, you've trained in, in Reiki. Can you just tell me, you know, can you, uh, I, I understand Reiki at a very, very high level, right? But can you tell me a little bit about like how it's supposed to work? Because uh, I've, I've been, I've, I've had one Reiki session in my life mm-hmm. and I was like super relaxed. I oh, I think I might have fallen asleep. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I don't quite know like what, is supposed to happen. So can you just tell me a little bit about that?
1: <laughs> so I get this question a lot. And oftentimes I just give, give them Reiki. Like if you were to ask me this question, we weren't on a podcast, I would say, let me just give it to you because it is something that is so hard to describe. You know, it is, it is, it literally means it's a Japanese word that means universal life energy. So we harness the universe's energy because we are all energy. And I act as a conduit of that energy to send you healing energy. And it aligns with your chakra system. We have seven main chakras and the energy will go where it needs to go based on what's imbalanced within your physical body.
0: So I've had people tell me that you can actually do Reiki remotely. Is that yeah. true?
1: Yeah, most of my most of my clients are distant Reiki clients because of COVID.
0: And you can get that vibe across a Zoom or a Teams meeting.
1: Absolutely. And it's because if I'm silently working on somebody, we do a debrief and they tell me, you know, Oh, wow. I really felt this like pain in my stomach. And then it was released. And it, it was right when you said that, and and they knew that I was working on their solar plexus, their stomach, like they can feel what's going on. And sometimes we'll have the same visuals. Like I'm not even a visual, you know, I'm more just knowing, I don't see things or hear things as much yet. I'll be like, Whoa, I just saw a wolf and they'll be like, I just saw a wolf. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like,
0: do you, do you <laughs> need to have, do you need to have something actually uh, obviously wrong or can you just want to feel better? Like, in other words, do I need to come to you and say, you know, like my, my leg, my knee hurts or my lower back hurts or can you just sit there or can I just say, I feel like a, a, a session a good session will make me feel more energized or more well. Can that be done?
1: Absolutely. And most of the time, my clients don't set an intention for the healing. They say, have the Reiki go wherever it wants to go, right? And Reiki is clinically proven to reduce stress. So I love to ask people, what's your stress level right now? And then on a scale of one to 10, and then afterwards it'll always be reduced by like three or four points.
0: Really? And
1: so, you know, especially in holistic healing methods, um, Reiki is being done at hospitals. My, my mentor was actually called by, either a hospice or a cancer society to yeah. do distant healings on their patients because they were unable to see anybody other than their care team, Right, right. right. So, there's no negative side effects. Um, So it's just a really beautiful way to, to get the care that you need without having to, you know, figure out, Oh, is this going to have negative side effects? Is this going to.
0: Okay. (laughs) I may actually take you up on this. I may actually take you up on this because I hear so much about it and I like I said, I had one session and I'm not saying it was a bad session. It wasn't a bad session, but like I felt like you can't just have one session and get it. You can't you can't. You kind of need to like explore more. And sure. I'm into that and you're pretty cool. So I may follow up with you on this.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you. Absolutely.
0: So um as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I just wanted to get a sense from you. If you if you had to think about know, people today who are dealing with a pandemic, and there are a lot of people who aren't as happy as they could be, and they they are feeling the stress of concerns about the world, about their health, about health, health of their family, about their lives getting back to normal. You know, some parting thoughts from you about how people might begin to approach raising their happiness game, even that first step.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. I think recognizing that what you put your energy into, so if you're constantly worried, if you're constantly fearful, like you just beget more of that, right? So to see like, how can I not go this negative route? What can I do to be more positive? Because when I have trust in the universe, the universe tends to reward you, right? So well, I recommend that people really be intentional with, you know, what they're thinking about, what they're doing before they go to bed. Are they watching like horror films as they fall asleep? Are, you not know- a
0: good idea, by the way.
1: <laughs> right. Because your subconscious is working too. So as many of those negative thoughts that you have all day because – You know, we have up to 80,000 thoughts a day. On average, 80% of them are negative and 95% of them are repetitive. Like you have to be intentional about having positive thoughts, meaning, you know, are you saying any affirmations? Are you expressing gratitude? Are you reflecting on the good things that happened to you today? And how you contributed to them because we all have that negativity bias where the negative screams at you and the positive only whispers. So really listen to that whisper and really make it a point to be grateful, to be kind, to you know, and this is the energy you give off. And it will come back to you.
0: I love that, Emily. I love that. In fact, I think that if you could, what you just said is so, is such a simple first step. I mean, if, if people, as they put their head on their pillow and close their eyes can conjure up a positive thought about themselves and their day. And if they can wake up and set a positive intention. What an easy, small first step that can really change your mojo for the entire night's sleep and the entire day to come.
1: Absolutely.
0: I love that. So Emily, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad I got to meet you.
1: Me too. The pleasure has been all mine, Mitch. Thank you for doing this.
0: And Emily, I'm telling you, I'm going to follow up with you and do a Reiki session and report back to my listeners about you know my experience with Reiki with Emily. So that's a thing. Love that. Great. Well,
1: thanks (laughs) again for having me, Mitch.
0: Uh, thank you. Take care. Okay. First things first. Fun conversation, and I did after recording this podcast a remote Reiki session with Emily. And, you know, I can't. I still can't explain it, but what I can explain is coming away from that session, first of all, again, once again, I might have taken a nap. I don't know. It's that kind of sensation. But I came out of it very relaxed and energized at the same time. I don't know how to describe it. Um, so I don't even really know how it will affect other people and whether or not I recommend it but I would do it again because I felt relaxed and energized and any time you could spend I think we spent 45 minutes together doing this remote reiki session and I got something out of it I got energy I got relaxation and I got to spend time with Emily who even though it was by phone it was great so secondly just to kind of summarize I love the fact that Emily kind of addressed head on, like, look, I was in a corporate job. I I made a good living for a young professional. I got benefits. I got the things that you're supposed to get when you're being raised to, quote, do the right thing. But she felt unfulfilled, and she was willing to address that. And for me, someone who's been around quite a few more years than Emily, I'm proud of someone doing that. Because chasing your dreams versus chasing someone else's dreams, as opposed to chasing someone else's dreams or chasing someone else's expectations is going to serve emily well in the long term because chasing her dreams is going to allow her to have either greater fulfillment or greater learnings which will lead to greater fulfillment so i really enjoyed the conversation with emily i will probably do another remote reiki session with emily And I would encourage you to check out Emily at Goals Garden on Instagram. And in fact, if you Google Emily Oliver and you put in Emily Oliver Goals Garden, all of her contact information is easily found and she is a bundle of positive energy to follow. So let me wrap up by reminding everyone about the Meet Mediocrity YouTube channel and vlog about all of the past podcasts, you know, all 62, now 63 of them. And once again, reminding you to go to meetmediocrity.com, give me your email address and subscribe to my newsletter, which has been getting a lot of positive PR and a lot of positive feedback. So it's all good. The Meet Mediocrity Media Empire continues to evolve. So the wrap-up is please everyone continue to enjoy spring the weather is beautiful it's the best time of year in my opinion although the fall is kind of nice too but we're in the spring we're going to enjoy the spring stay happy especially when we just just had a conversation with a happiness coach stay happy be positive and stay well take care everyone